how do you feel about the concept of Elphir, <clears throat> your friend? Do you think you can save him, Drago, or... Yes. There's what... no or. I can save him. At what cost, though? Welcome to this week's episode of the Fellowship of the Tabletop. We are a live play 5e D&D podcast set in the magical homebrewed world of Aerith. My name is Mark and I am your dungeon master. The dungeon master, not yours. And also with us for today's episode, we've got Danny who plays the human cleric, Claude. It went to Rome, it went to Rome, it went to Rome. We've got Will who plays the human bard, Karstan. You can be our dungeon master any day. Ah, we've got Callum who plays the gnome sorcerer Folly Fizzlebang the Ninth. It's definitely not coming home. I'm so relieved. We- <laughs> we've got Casey who plays the human champion Helena Sleetguard. All right there, mate. We've got Darren who plays the human fighter rogue Robin. Callum shaves where? <laughs> <We've> got- <laughs> Everywhere. We've got, Ian- we've got Ian who plays the dragonborn paladin barbarian Drago. Yeah, it didn't come home, did it? <laughs> no. Means I get to keep my head of relatively already balding. He says his head is hair. hair because public public announcement, Callum shaves his pubic hair, as we've just all yeah. found out. That was a lot of information. It's he had, good the only place he has hair is on his head. Yeah. He's and, whacked and the rest of it. No, there, there is a little bit. He's like a hair. stripper's Not pole much. down there. Just <laughs> all smooth and slippery. I hear Callum. Callum doesn't be- doesn't shower. He just bathes in veet. Oh God! <laughs> he gets it all out oh, and just that's that, it. Was, that, that, sting. that is an image and a half there. Yeah, the first X, like the first X Men movie where that man gets turned into a mutant and he turns into the blubbery. It just like falls apart. The fish boy. Blubbery. Yeah, fish boy. Are you I hate blubber that there, no, image. Because As a kid watching that, I was like, oh, because oh, it's bad. <laughs> it's As in, like, it was, that's what. It, that's what it do to your skin, Callum. Not that you are blood. I'm making a dinger hole here. <laughs> so what happened last time, Mark? Well, I think we just continue to fight some beaked fuckers, if I'm being perfectly candid to you, Darren. Um, we uh, continue to find ourselves deep within the Blacklands, uh, fighting off these huge <sighs> necrotic-esque beasts. Uh, we find ourselves in the third part of this battle, with one of the three creatures still left alive. The other two have been smote. The one to the north killed by Claude and Follyfizzabang the ninth. The one to the east killed by a combination of Vance, Karstan, Drago and Robin. And the party have now descended down with Helena and Lucian Blightbane and Drago onto the enemy to the south. We find ourselves uh, kind of from Robin's perspective, who's about 30 feet away from this beast to the, to the north of the beast, standing on the safe side of a fallen tree, using it as cover as another arrow is notched into, uh, with his uh, mage hand into his bow. Helena, Lucian and Drago are currently engaged with the creature. Karstan and Vance stand in the center of the map, um, probably a little further, more like 35, 40 feet away to the north of this creature with Karstan and Folly, another 40 or 50 feet away from that. So Karstan and Folly are probably about 90 You mean feet Claude away and from... Folly? Sorry, apologies. Claude and Folly are about 90 feet away from the battle. Slightly less, maybe 70 feet. So uh, we find ourselves mid-round. Um, we also still have Karstan, who is still 
under confusion as well. And- Helena is still under the hypnosis of this creature and will have to make a spell saving throw when it comes around to her turn, as will uh as will Karstan for his confusion as well as it comes around to that. But it is Robin's turn. Robin, you well, look up sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, I there's two things that are gonna happen here. I'm either going to fall to the effect of confusion or I'm going to fall to the effect of hypnosis on a nine or ten. So um if you're keeping score, listeners, you really recall that I rolled a natural one whilst trying to shake off hypnosis last time. So I am both confused and hypnotized. So let's That's right, listeners. Get out your abacuses. Let's roll that D10. It's the one. So which random direction am I sprinting in, Mark? Uh, give me two seconds. You need I... to roll a D8 and I it assigns it. I know, a... I know, I know, I know. I know. That is an eight, and I was going to go clockwise from the north round. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. You're going to run um, northeast away. Yep. Okay, fine. So what Robin sees as he goes to draw his bow is all of a sudden the fugue of confusion kicks in again, and he's back on the Scale Road Mountains, and he sees this creature in the distance towards the northeast once more push what he hoped at the time was the aberration of his sister off a clifftop upon seeing this robin is going to all of a sudden panic and just start to sprint using all of his movement which as a rogue gives him double dash so 90 feet in that don't think i don't think you have to use an action to dash it just just my my reading of it was all my movement which would include but I, I'm happy to only go 30 feet if that's what I need to do. Well, dashing yeah, would be an action and you're just using your an movement. So. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, Robin will regale that. He will run 30 feet toward this aberration of his sister being pushed off the cliff. Which listener does not exist, but it means he moves 30 feet away from the battle and further towards the edge of uh, the area and also closer towards the centre of the blight. Which you just moved direction. northwest, not northeast. I was moving to yeah. where someone was yes. flashing on the map. That's right, sorry. northwest. That was correct. Sorry, I, yeah. I probably said yeah. the wrong one. I get my north, my, my okay. east and west confused sometimes. Someone was highlighting where I needed to move to, and I just went there. Could you also roll... Oh, you have your... D20 hmm. to try and shake confusion. Hang on a minute. You have to use your movement... It doesn't take an action this turn, so I had to check if you had the option of using an action. Uh, yeah, I want yeah. D20 to break it using the DC 18 of the confusion of Castan. Natural one. Then you Brilliant. are still... <laughs> you continue to be confused. Uh, two of our characters are confused. Uh, it's Is this... he still revolving on the spot, aka Final Fantasy style? <laughs> yep. Just, just spinning around. 100%. Awesome. Uh, it's this creature's turn. Uh, this creature isn't going to attack. Uh, as Helena, oh. Lucian, and Drago look at this creature, it is bloodied. Uh, many of its tentacles have been lopped from its body. It's kind of uh, oozing black blood as it kind of tries to <laughs> hold itself up. And it's going to turn its beak head up and all the all the uh, wooden apparatus that's stuck to its back like a shell are going to like shake back as it takes in this <gasps> big breath and it's just going <laughs> to release this noise up that echoes through the air across the forest even through the deep deep mist that blots out the sun and limits your view release this noise like a loud kind of battle cry almost to the air um before kind of turning back to you all that's all it's going to do this turn it's not actually going to make an attack helena you just born the full front of this would you like to unfortunately it's at the end of your turn make a uh wisdom saving throw to break the effects of this 
hold? Yes, I can. Yes, you can. A 17. Meets, it beats. You are no longer under the hypnosis of this creature. At the, uh, at the end of its turn, whenever it takes damage. Yep, okay. Ending the effect of the, of the success. Once you're successful with it, if it tries it again, you now roll with advantage. So you get to roll twice if it tries to do it again, just FYI, because you've now been, become like uh, more immune to it right. than, than others. Okay. Unfortunately, that is the end of your turn, though. Um, yep. Vance. Vance is going to step, walk slowly, cast down to the other side of you in kind of the central map on this kind of slightly open clearing, watching where Robin goes. And then he's going to glance around ever so slightly after hearing that noise and just say, something else is coming. That's all he's going to do. Claude, you hear this creature cry out, release this massive noise that echo through the forest and the odd, maybe a flutter of one or two probably undead uh, harmless birds in the trees kind of fly off at this noise this creature is still standing helena seems to have shaken something off what would you like to do do i get the impression that this noise that was made is likely to cause um many griblies to appear very soon or is it like uh oh it's going on the wind and we'll see him in hours time is it more of a call for help or more of a intruders Give me a thing. perception check. Thank you. Please. That's what I was hoping we'd get to today. Also, uh, Mr. Robin, um, please take inspiration for that lovely description of your confusion as well. I can't give you the dice, but there's a d6 there for you. Because that was a lovely description of what what your confusion does, which is great. Sorry. It's not that good. <laughs> 12. You don't know the uh, makeup of these creatures well enough to understand it. You know it was a shout. Aside from that, you cannot discern whether or not it was uh, one way or the other. Okay. Could have been a war cry to kind of rally itself. It could have been a war cry to rally others. It could just be a noise of distress. It could be a noise of an alarm. You you can't really discern exactly what or why. Okay. In which case, I will not speak now because I'll do a bit of clicking. Uh, I am just going to head south about 20 foot, 25 foot. So I'm in range of the last uh, of the baddies. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to cast Sacred Flame. Mark, could you make a deck save, please? That's an unnatural 20. Mm -hmm. Never mind. 14 plus 6. That's the half of... damage. No, not on the cantrip. That's the end of my turn. Soz, mate. Sorry. Okie dokie. Uh, it's the end of Claude's turn. Thank you very much, Claude. The final next creature is death. Uh, is death. The next creature has died. Lucian is going to take a strike. Why is that all my NPCs can't actually hit anything? Okay, I got a hit there. Uh, Lucian's going to miss with his first hit and then come in with a rather potent second hit, taking out, as this creature is maybe calling up and it comes back down, take out another one of its its uh, tentacles as it kind of loses its footing underneath itself, becoming rather uneven. That's the bottom of the round for Lucian. Back up to the top round. Karstan, could you please roll a D10? It's an eight. I am going to make a. Ra I'm going to use my action to make a melee attack against a randomly determined creature within my reach. 
and that randomly determined creature within your reach can only be one person and that's Vance Vance Skullblade our lovely uh, gruff voiced NPC so Karstan sort of bombarded by this confusion um, and it's 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 like, it's like he's been hearing words and it just bombarded his senses all of a sudden he looks to his right and he sees this undead Vance like like Vance is dead and like stuff's blacks coming from his eyes so he's going to wheel around and with his rapier rapier uh, <laughs> thrust <laughs> calm down thrust at um, Vance okay roll to hit that's a twenty. Uh, that's a critical hit. Holy oh, bollocks! God. Fuck. Okay, roll your roll your double damage, bro. Uh, so that takes. Oh god! So it's fourteen points of piercing damage and six points of sneak attack damage because I'm um because I'm a swashbuckler. I can do sneak attacks against targets that are on their own. Lovely. Uh, that's a good bit of damage. Um, yeah, but again, Vance. Vance does not look uh, well, seeing as he was heading off one of these creatures in the previous episode, pretty much single-handedly, uh, wading through the black tentacles. Um, he's been through hell, and he is bleeding heavily. He's still up, but he is looking rather unwell, Claude, uh, that you probably notice uh, appearing appearing down. Could you please make your, um, your spell save? Sorry, yes, your wisdom saving throw. I can... It's a 13. I'm still confused. Oh, you're still confused. Damn your high, high, high spell save, Karstan. No, it's oh, great, though. It, it adds such a, a fun element to it. Thank you very much. Um, Drago, this creature has just deafened you yeah. with its uh, this this call out. You're stood to its flank, flanking behind, getting a good um, line of sight between you and Lucian as well, giving you the advantage on any strikes against it. Uh, what would you like to do? I'd like to um, fucking hit that motherfucker after he's gone. <laughs> Um, Drago's just noise, go, and then hit him. <laughs> nice, go for it. Alsa twenty nine to that motherfucker. Uh, that misses. Yeah, I'm no, going to go for the hits. crit. It's gorgeous. Mm, it's twenty three. Okay, so let's okay. do this only. But your first roll was one hit off a crit. Oh, Darren, what were you, like that's your thing, isn't it? He was itching to uh, say something, I promise. He was itching. It's like getting the abacus. One, two, 19. Oh, oh. Uh, 13 points of slashing damage for the first hit. Uh, the creature starts to stumble uh, as it kind of starts to cough. <coughs> and this black stuff starts to come out as the damage, as you slide the, uh, the, the sword into the creature, um, it is looking very unwell. Its eyes are flickering. It's, it's not in a good place. Okay, with a, a flash of triumph in, in, in Drago's eyes, he's going to withdraw Dengel's deception from the body of said beastie and do a 360 spin, aiming to chop its head from its body. That's uh, so a 28 to hit. That hits. And a crit! Oh, baby! Hey. He got a fucking crit! Yes! Oh, I've got my notes right here. Okay. Let's just see. So uh, let me just roll my d20 again for Dengon's Deception's ultimate attack. Come on, come on. Isn't that, that's like two charges you've used in this one combat, isn't it? I know. Yeah. You've bullshit, right? However, at a 17, uh, can you make a, a con saving throw? 15. Bear in mind, you haven't made this work since. I haven't ever we made recording. this work before we were recording. 
I mean, it's a bit of a waste on a creature you the dice. Shut up! Eleven. <laughs> yes! Fails. We've never had to explain it before. So let's... No, we haven't. Go for it. No, we've never explained it before. Okay, so, uh, listeners, uh, Drago's sword, I'm sure you all know, but if you don't, uh, it imbues some magical properties from the original owner of it, to which we're still not sure to this day. But legend has it, it was owned by Bahamut himself. Uh, So when Drago ever makes a crit on this sword, which happens, but not a lot, the uh, the player then has to roll another d20 to which if the dice rolls from 16 to 20 um, it makes the enemy have to roll a con saving throw and if it fails it's an instant KO and so what you see here is as Drago uh, has withdrawn the sword from his first attack and he's got that glint of triumph in his eyes knowing that the battle's coming to an end as he's swinging around in 360, time almost stops. The slow motion takes over as he's just slowly spinning the blade like a samurai would do on a final kill. And as he's planing the air with his sword, ice and wind and uh, temperature starts to drop. Time itself almost changes as the sword kind of cuts through space and time as it finally makes contact with the enemy. Ice explodes out from it freezing the enemy before it shatters into many particles of ice. As that happens and this creature starts to slump towards the floor, you hear the gurgling from its innards as it starts to kind of spew forth uh, bits of of bile and phlegm only on itself, none of it really uh, landing on you, Drago, uh, landing this final blow. As the sword comes down, and as you so aptly described, um, this sword seems to almost take on a life of its own, and the strength and power of not just Akiva, but the sword itself starts to take control. Uh, you you notice the 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 elements of the sword start to move from the sword up into your hands, and as you have this blade down on this creature, panting heavily, you start to feel this almost like another hand start to touch your claw, your uh, kind of foreclaw, the one holding it the t- closest to the top of the hilt of the sword. And as you look down, there's no hand there, but you notice this slightly black mist start to form, very different from the mist we find around us, uh, the white mist that envelops around the place, but a black mist, a known mist, and along with that, an almost parental buzzing starts to enter into your ears. Uh, here we go. A buzzing that you... I've recognized many a times from your dealings mm-hmm. with Akiva. Um, you do have the option to to resist it in some way. Could you could you make a religion check either way? But then obviously we can talk about if you want to resist it or not. Okay. My religion the- was seven. Okay. <laughs> As always, so good. So good. And cool, that's absolutely fine. That's just so I know uh, moving forward. And did you want to resist no, I'll, I'll accept. As long as I know it's a Kiva, I recognize the buzzing. Mm-hmm. Um, my adrenaline is is like my heart is pumping fast. Drago's heart is pumping fast. The adrenaline is cursing through his veins. So here, except knowing that he just slayed, obliterated this final <laughs> creature. Um, yeah, yeah, Drago uh, will accept the calling. Okay, okay. Um, so you let this happen. 
and you see the mist quickly now, not slowly, not like before where it crept over your body because there's lack of resistance there because of your connection to Akiva, because of your kind of almost apprenticeship almost at Akiva. This moves quite quickly up and across, coursing up your veins, up your arms. And as it reaches up your face and head, kind of like the Matrix when Mio touches the mirror and the rob goes into him, we follow that Whoa. almost uh, dying. Uh, and, and you... You feel yourself start to sink, stood upright this time, but sink through the ground. A mist covers your eyes. You can't see. And in a matter of seconds, much quicker, the buzzing is now deafening, almost deafening out the sound of your blood pulsing through your ears, the the pumping of your heart. That is almost drowned out by the sound of this buzzing, almost like flies, like, like bees, like something buzzing in your ears. And suddenly you feel your feet touch ground. The buzzing subsides and moves back. And you're in a room that you recognize. You see a long arched walkway with massive marble pillars running alongside a cold, dark, polished floor. And there was a, if you remember back to the uh, trials of Drago, there's a low white light emanating from a high ceiling, which cast shadows on the, from the huge pillars. You can't see the end of the passageway in sight. This is a high vaulted ceiling you can't even see the roof of that, let alone the, the end of this walkway. But you recognize this walkway as one of the trials you were put through, where seas of figures that you had in some way, shape, or form been involved in the death of, and you had to pass a number of wisdom tests to get through them unscathed. From where you currently stand, you know that is not going to happen again. But you land, you have all your equipment, your blood is still pulsing. Your blood is still racing through your body, but you're in silence and there's a, there's a stillness, but a warmth to the air. Anything you'd like to do? Yeah, so Drago would uh, land and just still panting, like you said, so, uh, uh, look around. Akiva, you brought me here. Why? What do you need? What do you want? And your voice echoes through this room and you can... Almost hear it bounce off the walls and then it kind of subsides and, and fades. And then you hear from your left shoulder, almost a conversational distance, meter and a half maybe. Don't have to shout. I can hear you just fine. Valinor. And as you turn around, you do recognize the the now well-worn, uh, well-known face of, of Valinor behind you. The pale features of this uh, humanoid stood there in the same black cloak, haggard uh, black um, bags under his eyes. He looks like he hasn't slept since the last time you saw him. Uh, though, if you remember, time doesn't seem to travel in the same way down here. You're still here. Well... How long has it been, uh, you know, up? Oh, it's, it's been true. It hasn't probably been that long. Uh, but it feels like a long time since I've been, since I was here with you. Wow. Oh, sorry. I've just, uh, and Drago takes Dengon's deception, sheaths it on his back and just tries to get his breathing back to normal he's got his hand on his chest to try and regulate himself and he's breaking out of his rage sorry i've just come from a battle here take this and he hands you a, a kind of a flask of water 
uncorks it and passes it over to you. Drago takes it, trusting uh, Valinor and, and drinks it. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I just, I've just been pulled out of a battle. Uh, so I'm a bit, I'm a bit confused. I mean, is how, that- how are you? How, what's going on? Do you know why I'm here? Well, uh, yes, actually, I think I'm, uh, I've been tasked with talking to you about why you're here. You see, it's been years for me since we last spoke, Drago, and uh, as I, I've, I've been following your progress and what you're doing, and I, I passed. You, you passed? Yeah, it, it took, uh, took quite a few more attempts, if you know what I mean, uh, I think another 6,000 or so, but I got through in the end and, you know, Akiva was, you know, he wasn't happy to say the least it took that many, but I'm here now. And, um, yeah. So, and he kind of straightens up a little bit, almost taking on a more official role. You have been tasked by coming here, Drago, to complete your training, to finish what you failed. Akiva doesn't like half finished work you see and there's there's more to give there's more to get hang on i failed by not killing you and you've are stood here in front of me now a member of akiva's religion for want of a better word like how did how is that a fail it was a failure of the eternal covenant you you passed four yes sorry <clears throat> coughs Past three, but failed the fourth. So your power was limited, if you remember. And so... I remember, I remember choosing not to kill you. Well, and that for that I do appreciate, but it's not about you and me in the end, is it? <laughs> anyway, you know, this conversation's on board. Akiva knows, so we're not going to get in trouble like we did before. Now... If you remember what he was saying about trust, the singular to Akiva, to the cause, we need to finish that. And it's not a test, but we just need to, you know, finish up some things because it's serious now. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. We're, I think all of us are finding that it's got serious Um, down there, up there, wherever. Wherever there is, it's definitely um wrong move could be fatal. And that fatal ending, you might not necessarily end up down here, Drago. You might not end up with Akiva. For the things I've seen, it's currency. Souls get sold and bought from God to God. It's it's a control of their power. Akiva doesn't use it like that, or so he says, but he keeps them safe, controlled, removing power from the other gods. But ah, what am I saying? I'm just saying it's not a guarantee that you or Claude or anyone else would end up down here with Akiva. You need to make sure this ends. It needs to end right. If it ends right, I might be allowed back up. Or down or sideways, wherever it is. This needs to end right. You need to finish this. And you need 
you need the power to do it. Yes, and Drago gives Valinor a leveled look in agreement. I agree. I I do need the power to finish this. What's what's Akiva wanting of me? Nothing really. And he kind of kicks a imaginary stone on the ground and coughs and scratches his face. You know, just uh, just 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 an oath of your soul for for the eternal plane. I'm sorry. Uh, can you say that a bit louder and slower? What? Uh, just you, you, uh, you know, make an oath to Akiva to sign over your soul to eternal servitude in return for increases, increased power, and you know, the like. Everything has a cost. Um, you see, Drago just kind of throw his head back and walk a few steps in frustration. As in become fully faithful. As much as one can, yes. Do take you know, a knee. I don't think he wants you to take a knee particularly, but yeah, within yeah, the metaphor, yeah. And swear an oath for my soul is this after I uh, I'm no longer part of the physical world. Yeah, like I said, how, you know, when we die, the souls are kind of bought and bartered. It just ties you more completely to Akiva and less likely to go to, I don't know, one of the seven hells or, I don't know. And then other. I, I serve Akiva. Yeah. On this oh, one. I will serve Akiva. Yeah. Pretty much. For eternity. Yeah, which isn't too bad, really, when you think about it, because it's, you know... Um, yeah, sure, eternity is, what, a blink of an eye. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> but think of it this way, Drago. I mean, you've been serving Akiva since we last talked. Has it felt like service? No. Well, how do you no, know it won't be the my... same? For my limited dealings and knowledge of deities and gods I've seen some good come from following Akiva I've Claude to thank for that I mean if you if we wanted simple zombies why wouldn't we have just taken those of the blight and use and he'd be happy with them as servants forever but it's it's those with willpower, those with control, those who fight back against Akiva. That's that's what's important. That's that gives them the strength, the, the question to improve, to to grow. I think what most important here is having the power to to help defeat the blight. Yeah, I think we were getting ahead of ourselves talking about the end where you you know where eventually you die and everything, which is sad. Uh, you know, let's not <laughs> let's not talk about that. That's, that's that's depressing. No, I'd rather not die anytime soon. Yeah. I've got a job to do. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the end of the world instead. That's that's less depressing, I think. Yeah, sure. Right. Sure. What do I... Okay. Okay, so just to make sure I get this right, I need to swear an oath to Akiva, and then he will grant me more power. Yeah. And I can use that power to help defeat the Blight defend my friends 
and avenge those that were taken. He smiles at the corner of his left half of his face. Very astutely put, Drago. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Imagine it's like this, you know. You've got a house. And this house has one door that's just been locked. The house was given to you by Akiva, obviously. He's a landlord now. No, ignore that bit. And he's given you this house. But one of the doors has been locked. This will be the key to unlock that door. That last door so that you have the whole house. It's your house. It's yours in total. You have ownership over it. And that's why it's not up to me what the oath is. It's not up to really Akiva what the oath is. It's up to you. What do you want this oath to be? How do you want to to con- to, to, to pass yourself over? What You give me the wording. You give us the wording and we can suit the action to the word, the word to the action, to quote someone. Drago's brow furrows as he goes deep in thought. He starts muttering. Words to describe my oath. I started this journey not believing in gods. Not that I didn't know that they weren't out there, but I didn't believe in what they stood for. I have had people taken away from me, from our family, from my friends. And yet I'm still here in their place. Hell, I'm even wielding one of my dead friend's weapons as he taps the Axis Shader to the side of him. I've watched friends get turned against me. I want to kill the person, thing, god, deity, whomever is behind all of this. I want to bring justice to those that were lost. I have this thirst for vengeance that hasn't been quelled and it's only grown. It powers me. It fuels me. It's the reason why I'm still here. It's the reason why I'm still alive. So if there is such a thing to take an oath in, it would be that of vengeance with the, the deal being with Akiva's power and my own, my father's blade, my friend's axe, I will bring the end of the blight, but I will bring justice to those that were lost. There's a silence. As Valinor takes in what you've said, and you can see him slowly smiling and nodding. Vengeance you are, and vengeance it shall be. He puts a hand on his shoulder, looking up at you slightly, because he is shorter than you, and looks into his, looks directly into your into your eyes and can see the earnestness at which you've just uh, described your emotions and feelings towards the situation you're sitting yourself in. And could you make a perception check, please? 
13. Okay. You notice like shit tonight. <laughs> you notice <laughs> you notice something not normal with his eyes. There's something um different in his in his eyes that don't look they look like Valinor's eyes, but within the within the pupil of it, there's something else there. Not like a, a bug or a bit of anything. Like there's something within the eye um that looks slightly different. He looks at you and he's still got that smile. To kill that which is dead is to learn. To fight the very notion of fear is to grow. These are the words of the courage tenant. You remember these words, the death salad. You did well, but they pass on here too. It's trust. It's always been about trust, Drago. Not just trust of me. That was just a test. But a true trust of you and those around you. How much do you actually trust them? And is Without it... Without hesitation. Then let that drive you forward. Trust is singular. To Akiva. To the cause. To vengeance. And with that, he's just going to tap you on the shoulder and turn his back to you. Start walking down the... Part, the, the path, the long, long path, and to go follow. We've got a bit of a walk ahead of us, if you remember. Yeah, I do. And you're following? Yeah, I am. Could you make another perception check, please? Yeah, I can. <laughs> 17. There you go. You notice. There we go. You notice now, even from this angle, um, you notice something odd about his kind of aura, his kind of area around him. It has a slight, almost chaotic blue outline. Yes, outline to him as he walks away. Not him himself, but just around him. And as he's walking, he's kind of talking uh, to you as you start to walk on. In life, as in death, souls are worthy of preservation, of control. That's what Akira does here. Even those that have undertaken, and he looks back at you, despicable acts in their mortal form. And then he kind of puts a hand to his own chest in kind of saying what he's been doing. Deserve retribution. How do you feel about the concept of Elphir, <clears throat> your friend? Do you think you can save him, Drago, or? Yes. There's what- no or. I can save him. At what cost, though? Drago just full silent, unable to answer. Would you save him over the realm? I... Is that the choice that is going to be? Or are you just hypothesizing? I am postulating and hypothesizing, Drago. It, I, I know no more than, than what I am told, and what I am told is... Very vague, I'm sure, from from yourself and from from Akiva. It just seems like the natural problem, the eternal problem that you need to sort moving forward. Don't tell me, though. It's more fun for the podcast. (laughs) Um, You continue walking down uh, this way, and eventually you do see the the, uh, clear uh, hallway end, 
and comes to a smaller room which you remember to be the forge of the eternal ones where you had the choice of what you would imbue a weapon with the soul of you know three options and you pick that obviously of shadar into shadar's axe to create the weapon and you enter into the forge and where you previously stood which is what kind of one side of the forge and there's a bit of a gap between that we never really crossed to the other side of the forge where these souls were you can almost imagine this is the the crossover from almost this kind of demi plane where you are where mortals can be to the other side which is the eternal plane because the the difference is stark this is kind of this black shrouded mist that's kind of hangs in the air it looks slightly um like a, like a, a TV that's not quite the right setting. I'm talking old antenna TVs here. It's not quite analog. there. Yeah, analog. So it's just a little bit fuzzy on the other side. There's a very clear distinct between realities here. And you recognized it even then, because even looking through and seeing Shader, et cetera, in your previous time here, you recognized it, but you were too caught up in what's happening. And what you start to notice, though, is that as you get close to the kind of the edge, the precipice of this area, Valinor doesn't slow down. He continues to walk at pace. And then steps through into the mist and then onto the other side and into the forge itself. And he slowly turns with his hands kind of wide with a bit of a sorry face on. What's with the face and why are you sorry? What aren't you telling me? Do you remember when... Uh, Akiva last spoke to you and took on the form of Tali. Yes. And he kind of gestures to himself again. I just thought it might be easier this way, Drago. Are you telling me you're actually not Valinor? No. Did he even pass the test? That's beside the point. Oh, what's beside the point is you ask for trust. And yet you constantly materialize in people I'm friends or that I am acquaintance with. Trust is singular, Drago. Trust to Akiva, to your vengeance, to the cause. I do trust in my vengeance. You do like to refer yourself in the third person, which is a bit weird. Well, if you were ever a god, I'm sure you'd do the same. I'm sure you have your reasons. It's not for me to question. I've tried that. I've failed that. But I do need your help. I do need your power. And I actually don't think you're that bad. He touches his hand to his chest. I'm touched, Drago. True. Yeah, you have Claude to thank for a lot of this. Wow. Claude and I need a long talk soon. Right. Down to your oath of vengeance, which I do like the sound of, Drago. It's just a um, on-my-knees job. No, not at all. All you must do is spill your blood. Just a drop. Just a drop. Sure. Sure, why the knees when you can just spill blood? Well, which, Fine. Okay, then, Drago, I'll put it to you. Which one would you prefer? No, I'll do the blood. It I sounds better. So. Sounds better, more dramatic, etc. Just uh, lean your claw over the the gap, the precipice between the two realms. 
and just squeeze a drop of blood down into the chasm. Drago will take the axe of Shadar, <laughs> not Dengon's deception, walk over uh, to the aforementioned well. Uh, it's, it's like a big, it's literally like I'm imagining like broken, like a like an earthquake has split these two parts apart. So it's just kind of cracked rocks all the way down to, nice. to darkness below. He'll lean his uh, hand over his claw and the axe in the other hand. And he goes to swipe down the center of his hand, but just stops as he remembers Karstan saying, that's the worst place <laughs> to give blood when Folly did it. So he instead, he'll just go over to where his, uh, just the inside of his thumb and just slice a little bit and then just close his thumb to the palm of his hand hard enough for a drop of blood to go down. And you see it fall down, down, down and falls into darkness. But then you hear a thud at the bottom, bottom, almost like a drum hitting something solid. And uh, there's a rush of wind comes up from below and from the chasm up. Um, it kind of hits your face and you can feel it. It hits the hair of Valinor. And you can see that kind of moving up uh, as this kind of long, strong gust of wind continues to fire up almost like a wind tunnel. Valinor steps forward slightly into it, and now you can see very clearly his eyes are that same uh, almost chaotic blue mist of when you first saw um, Akiva in his in his kind of natural form. And as it drops, he nods to you. We may meet again soon yet, Drago. And that is that of Valinor, not of Akiva. Oh, God, I can't keep up. Okay. Don't try. Uh Whatever you say. This more. Is it done? It's done. You have now sworn an oath of vengeance to Akiva. This is the way. Ah, oh, fuck no. This is the way. Oh. <laughs> I didn't I get to say broken. that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I might as well just go with the force is strong in this one. Fucking hell. Uh, don't know why I said that. Wow. I haven't even watched Mando in ages. Man- Mando's. Oh, it's so good, though. This episode's going to end with... Amazing. What a soundtrack. Anyway, um, shit, that was a shame. Um, I know you could have pulled it off. You could have pulled it off. This is the way you could have... No way. I I would have said, I have spoken afterwards. no, because it's like the forge as well, and there's like the Mandalorian, the forge, uh, the the, yeah, the blacksmith yeah, 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 lady. Yeah, and, yep, yeah, I can't yep. be doing that. There's too many connections. Shit, I didn't even think about that. Anyway, um, I've never seen Akiva's face either, so it's all like, yeah, oh god. my god, have I just ripped off the Mandalorian? Are we doing the Mandalorian? <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Um, so, as as the as the wind continues to kind of pummel and puff, but buffet uh, both of you, uh, the rest of the forge stays you know, almost completely still in relation to that. And then the body of Valinor does start to kind of dematerialize and break up and this blue uh, swirl and mist of, of Akiva re- returns kind of moving in different directions, spinning around over the forge, the forge in which you, you basically signed over the soul of Shadar to your sword, uh, sorry, to your axe, to your control, to your, uh, to your kind of, an emotional connection back with Shadar and you feel your eyes start to, to become heavy and you're not sure if this is the combat or the rage subsiding properly or the adrenaline or something else but you also feel just this coursing strength in your legs and in your arms and this 
feeling of of isn't rage this isn't anger this is revenge this is this is something different this is a drive that comes below the base necessities of a dragonborn barbarian that needs to attack and hit and blood and death etc this is something that has reason behind it force behind it something that will overpower those needs if possible that starts to really kind of build up underneath you and you feel it just building and building and building as it gets stronger and stronger just as it gets stronger you hear the words of akiva just as you start to kind of fade out and you can feel the tension and pull between the two worlds getting stronger and stronger and you kind of returning back to the 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 um the mortal plane you just hear the voice of akiva golden ship facade trust is singular to akiva and as the buzzing fades away in an instant, sorry, fades away, cuts off in an instant, you just hear uh, quite far from the distance as, as your eyes readjust to the, to the mist and the light of this area of the Blightlands, you, you can hear just off in the distance, you swear you pick up the word Grazit and you hear Robin's voice and you hear him muttering something to himself. And as you blink and your eyes come back into focus, you're still there, sword down within the, the guts of this creature that you've just smote uh, and as you, as you look up and round, you can see the rest of your party exactly where they were just before you struck the creature. So this, this, this time, however long it's been, a few hours, has been literally a millisecond, two or three milliseconds in, in the time in the mortal plane. As you look around and see the rest of your group there, you've returned back to the mortal plane with your group, with your newfound oath of vengeance, Drago. Hell yeah! Fuck yeah, vengeance boy! I am a vengeance boy. That's what they shall call me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, awesome. I think that's where we're going to leave it for this week's episode of the Fellowship of the Tabletop. Hell yeah! I loved that. That's um, awesome. That was amazing. We started off. We started off massive, and then listeners, we had some technical issues where uh, along the way we lost people, so it ended up becoming a very Drago centric episode um so apologies about that but it worked well we did we did well out of out of literally nothing we just called this on the fly considering also that we've been we've been online now for over a year that you know it's we haven't had many big dropouts and we've still been on every friday so every friday and we're still on every friday hell yeah uh so we started this episode with all cast members and we're ending it with two Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna fill in uh the rest for everyone else so um, let's do this. So um, if you want, you do the thank you. Do your normal one, and I'll fill in. I can do the voices. Oh, I, oh, <laughs> I like this. Okay, well, thank you very much for tuning in, listening to us, making us a party every day week. We love you for it. If you wanted to keep in touch with the podcast, find out all the things that are going on in our lives. We don't post there, but maybe one day we will. <laughs> we have a combined Twitter page, which is at Fellowship Table. And then, if you wanted to go one step further and follow us individually, you can do so. I'm at Irod One. Casey's at unicorn crit danny's at total party thrills callum's at the d20 gamer very good will is at natural 20 will <laughs> darren's at darren page oh, six and our wonderful dm is at <laughs> hastily roll dm that was well done, sir. Thank well you. Done. I didn't do the voices. I just did the way the intonation, the way they all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think bits. you picked them up. I think that when they listen back on this, they're going to be nothing but um, honoured. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah.
maybe. <laughs> a little bit, maybe. Uh, until next time, guys. Farewell. Oh.